it's easy to approach workouts recklessly. And sometimes you'll have the athleticism and physical capability to keep up with that recklessness. I think you're the queen of like, no, like if, if it's been done that way, let's, let's do it a little different. In the moment of being really emotional at the games that it would be like, dang, like this year was a waste. Like, oh, this year sucked, right? Like, dang, what a failure. But obviously when you take that emotion away and you, and I really reflect on this year, it's like, there's, it just means there was so much more to learn from. My next guest needs absolutely no introduction. She's a five times CrossFit Games athlete, a disruptor, and a needle mover. It, the sport is just evolving that much more that like you have, you have to do those things. You have to be, you know, a student of the sport. She comes with a vibe and brings that D-B-E. None other than Danielle Brandon. As much as sometimes I hate it and I'm like, oh, like I am really athletic. I want to just be able to, you know, go for it and do it. I'm like, wait, like if I want to win and actually perform well, like I have to do these things. Welcome to the show, y'all. Oh, wow. That's a great introduction. Is that kind of fun? Fired. Do you like the disruptor part? I do. I do like that. It goes along nicely think... with the needle yeah. mover. Definitely. Definitely the needle mover and the disruptor. And it is really interesting. When I look at your story and zoom out a little bit and kind of observe how you interact in the world and, and with the sport of CrossFit, you're different. You definitely operate at the beat of your own drum. And I, I said to you once upon a time, I was like, you know, you have a unique energy about you. And it relates for me to the famous Frank Sinatra song, which mm -hmm. is, I did it my way. And you definitely <laughs> do it your way. Is that something that you, you like purposefully kind of do? Or is that something that's just like natural in kind of who you are as a woman? You know, it, when you say that, it makes me think of like, um, even being in elementary school and middle school, I always had like my own style and like my own way of doing things. And, you know, I don't, I think it's just like, is a natural thing that I've always done. Um, you know, if I like something, I'll, I'll do it regardless of what everybody else is doing. Um, you know, I, even growing up as like a tomboy, right? Like, um, you know which is like this, it's like very different from what all the other girls are doing. You know, you had that group of Tom, Tom, tomboys and, um, dressing unlike everybody else, you know, even in high school, I got like this, um, this way, this, uh, nickname of like for how I would dress, right? Like I was always wearing like these crazy leggings and like oversized sweaters, just like different style. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess it's just like the way that I've always done things. A little trendsetter over there, yo. <laughs> Which is kind of cool, though. It's a, it's a unique thing around just exuding extreme confidence in some ways and not really searching for external validation, but just kind of doing things at the beat of your own drum. And I think that's kind of an artistic way to live, which I think is really cool especially given some of the cool things you're doing with rad, you know, some of the cool things you're doing with two and some of the other sponsors and brands that you get to connect with. It elicits more of like a, an innovative approach where it's not just vanilla, you know? Yeah. I it's like pretty, that. it's pretty cool stuff. And we're, uh, as we talked briefly offline, a couple weeks out of the 2023 CrossFit games, 
and you've had some time to allow the the dust to settle a little bit and self-reflect and pause and you know get happy and excited around the things that went really well and then learn from the things that didn't go so well and I'm sure there's a wide range of emotions that come on a long weekend like that after training all year if you could summarize your your brief reflection on the weekend what would you kind of say oh man a brief summary I mean you know, I think a lot of the things that um, I've talked to a lot of different people about, one, it's crazy that we have this one weekend um, that has to hopefully come together and reflect all of our training for the whole year, right? Like it's like this one weekend, one opportunity where that's typically, it's not super normal in other sports, right? Like, you know, I think I've talked a lot about this with my coaches and the people I've reflected with like golf, like nobody defines one golfer by like this one weekend, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like these multiple tournaments and you know how their whole season works. Um, but we get defined on like this one weekend and you know, now I'm defined for this whole year as like the ninth fittest, um, which I think is just something that other people, look at and they don't realize that like it's really hard to come together in one weekend like mm -hmm. it really is you know um we truly do have um you know all these athletes you know when they come out and they say these things of like they got sick during this weekend or you know all these circumstances and it truly does affect this one weekend um and it can it can and it feels like you're just coming up with these excuses um but also like, it's unrealistic of me to be like, you know, I am the ninth fittest when I had so many different circumstances going on. Um, I don't know. There's just, there really is so much perspective that you can gain from it, but, um, I don't know, just being realistic with myself that, yeah, I did get ninth place, but I, I don't want it to, to tell myself that that's like an accurate, um, placing of your fitness exactly yeah uh, no i totally hold space for what you're saying for sure i mean yeah. you look at all these other sports and there's so many different opportunities to express your fitness yeah and you know it, it's also interesting because this one weekend is also biased by a person or, or a, an organization's version of program design and this is what the fittest on earth looks like yeah. and there's so much variability variability associated with that you know if castro was programming the workouts would have looked different that doesn't make it better or worse right it's just the key word being different yeah. and if we pulled somebody else in you know if, if frazier was programming the workouts you know they definitely would look a little bit different as well and so does this mean something around the lines of you know you, you're craving maybe a gentle shift in the season similar to that of like the PGA tour in golf where like maybe there's certain events throughout the year where you get to test your fitness up against some of the best in the world. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not necessarily the person to like come up with that at all. Um, of course, but something like that could be cool. Right. Because you know, like, 
there, there are so many things that can happen. And then it's like our whole year is defined on this one weekend. Um, you know, that would be cool on the other end. Like I do take responsibility that like, it's cool that I can have a weekend like that and still come out top 10. Um, and also it's, it's a cool thing to learn from that. Like, I'll make sure nothing like this happens again. Like I I'm going to control more of the things that I can control. Um, but also realize just, there's just so many things kind of out of our control. Um, during Spoken a weekend, like, like a true veteran right there, taking extreme ownership and just being like, yeah. you know what? I saw certain parameters and things get a little bit outside of my control. And in the future, I will never yeah. let that happen again. And that will yeah. enhance your outcome for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, as much as I wish I could have realized like some of these things earlier in my career, like it truly does, like everybody's journey is so different. And, you know, I'm glad I can realize it now. Um, you know, and it only shows me that like, Oh, like I do want these things and I do want to be able to control these things. And I can only do those things on my own time. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there sure. Were there things that I could have controlled this year? Yeah. And like, should I have been doing it, you know, years ago? Probably. But like, I'm only going to want to do those things on my time. Um, you know, and then on the opposite end, there were things that I could not control. Um, totally. Which sucks, it's, it's but... a good perspective to kind of see both ends of the spectrum. And also yeah. at the time previously, you didn't know what you didn't know. You kind of had to experience the yeah. mistakes and the things that didn't go well to get a hold of them, better know yourself and, and how things either serve you or don't serve you. You hold yeah. on to what you need and you let go of what you yeah. don't. And yeah. it, it's been very cool to, to watch you evolve, not just as an athlete, but as a woman. In speaking with you today, Danielle, you seem very much at peace, which I really admire. And I know in your brief reflection, you threw it up on your Instagram, a little Morgan Wallen quote, and it kind of summarizes with, we swung for the fences and came up short. But what's cool about that line is it's not like a self-deprecating piece in yeah. any way. It, it honestly, to me, seems like, you know what? Like I didn't go up to bat thinking, how do I not strike out? I went up to bat thinking, I'm trying to hit a fucking home run right now. Trident Coffee is sponsoring this episode of the Invictus Mindset Podcast. My guys over at Trident taught me something really important this last year, that we are all a bundle of stories, both good and bad and everything in between. At Trident, they're storytellers. All of their cold brews remind their customers that, that they are part of something bigger than themselves. They help create connections through symbology and storytelling that engage their customers on an emotional level, and this distinguishes them from other coffee brands. You can find Trident in Imperial Beach and in Coronado. They offer over 14 plus nitro cold brews along with dairy-free options. You can find the perfect brew and pair it with one of their treats from their keto bakery. All these options will allow you to support your health and fitness journey with Trident Coffee. They're more than just a coffee company. You can check them out over at tridentcoffee.com and use code INVICTUS20 for 20% off online and in tap rooms. Once again, that's tridentcoffee.com. Use code INVICTUS20 for 20% off online and in tap rooms. Take your coffee experience to the next level. Two important factors for us over at Invictus Mindset are true care 
and attention to detail. My friends over at RX Markier have been bringing innovative fitness tools to the market since 2009. From their award-winning Evo speed ropes to their amazing gymnastics grips to their line of inflatable fitness equipment, they're constantly looking to problem solve within the fitness industry. They're always allowing us to have our gear work for us rather than against us. Hop on over to RX Markier and use discount code Invictus Mindset to shop their latest cutting edge gear. Have your gear work with you and not against you. Is that yeah. kind of how you feel when you reflect on it a little bit that you went out there like, hey, I'm giving my best to try to yeah. compete for that number one spot. And if it goes great and the, the stars align, awesome. If it doesn't, that's okay. I know I went for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, something that I really do struggle with is just like, I'm not much of a goal setter. Um, I don't necessarily, I've never have been right. But, um, I think this year, I don't know, there was moments throughout the year where I was like, dang, like I actually do want this. Like, I'm like, I actually do, you know, potentially want to like win the game sometime, like someday, some season, some year. Right. Like, I actually wanted to do well this year. Um, and, you know, I, I wanted to do well. And then unfortunately this year, I just had some stuff come up that was truly out of my control. Um, and it, it sucked showing up for myself mentally so many times throughout the weekend, but physically I just kind of let myself down. And I was just like, that's just like how it is sometimes. Like, but because I did keep showing up for myself mentally, it was much easier to kind of like be accepting of like, I just didn't have it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if I had not showed up mentally and then also physically didn't, that's a different story, right? Like I could, I would be upset. I wouldn't be as, as, you know, calm as I am, but I, I, you know, and that's not to say I did not have like mentally weak moments between events, right? Like, that's going to happen. I was upset, um, you know, but every time I stepped onto that competition floor, like I mentally was showing up, um, and physically just didn't have it. Right. Um, no, totally. So it's I easy really appreciate to you sharing that. It's very cool yeah. to see like the wide range of, of moods and emotions that are inevitably going to travel through the human experience at the, at something like the CrossFit games. And as you're kind of going through some of those, peaks and valleys and highs and lows. What is your kind of coping strategy? Do you like to step away and kind of get some personal time for just you? Do you like to lean in more towards your coaches and, and your training partners? Or is it something like you like to just go on a walk with someone like Cooper and kind of just vent and spitball a little bit and kind of play around with different ideas and reflections? Yeah, I mean, for me, I can get on like this really big emotional roller coaster of you know, like kind of robbing myself of like the joy in it, you know, I'm kind of like, dang, maybe I like deserve this, you know, why do I suck right now? Um, but I think having Dom, he's, a uh, he was around this weekend and he was really able to help me just like shift my focus, which I think and is who's, important. Who's like, Dom? Um, he was one of the brute coaches. Um, okay. he, yeah. Um, he's really good at shifting my focus onto like the bigger perspective and bigger picture of like, you know, okay, 
physically, we're not in the spot we want to be right now. So like, what can we do to where like, you can at least go out there and be happy and proud of something. Mm-hmm. Um, these dogs are playing. Hey, go. Oh. Um, I love it. And it was, um, you know, go out there and just like enjoy doing CrossFit. So I think um, one of the first workouts where we kind of had that goal was the muscle up log one. And he was like, mm-hmm. let's just go out there and like enjoy doing CrossFit and have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I did. And, and I ended up having like a great performance because of it. Um, just that small shift in mindset of like, let's change our focus a little bit. Like, let's not have our focus be like, you know, winning this event. Like, let's just go enjoy doing it. So you can almost get into like this back to that, like flow state, right? Like, I think I do my best when I'm in like this flow state of like, just naturally working out, you know, like I'm naturally good at CrossFit. So if I can just like naturally go through it, I'll be better. Um, totally. That's, that's, that's awesome. It also sounds like you're very process oriented and more like you like the narrow focus of, Hey, just go play, go, go trust your fitness. But yeah. when it becomes so focused on, hey, we need first place in order to get this many points and you know ensure that we're at this spot on the leaderboard, it's almost overwhelming. Oh, and yeah. it, it, I think it's really good to reel you in a little bit and cognitively be like, I call it CTC, control the controllable. And I think yeah. your attitude, your effort, and just being like in the moment, I'm like, hey, the way you get to the outcome is you focus on one ring muscle up at a time. Yeah. You focus on efficiently moving that sandbag making sure you're efficiently getting over that log. And I, I think that sounds like a really reasonable approach because it breaks things down into the micro. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, what's the famous line? What's the easiest way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. But if you think <laughs> of the whole elephant, you're like, oh my gosh, this is too much. Yeah. I think I saw it too. Um, it, it's ironic. I uh, recently started wearing some of the rad shoes. And yeah. they're super comfortable. I like them. Honestly, they remind me a little bit of like a basketball shoe that I used to wear back in the day. But Ooh. it's not as bulky as a basketball shoe, which I really appreciate. Yeah. And yeah. Um, something I read on their website that really aligned with me was marginal gains, step by step, and really just trying to make micro improvements. And I was like, that's yeah. really cool. It's also really humble. Because it shows a growth mindset of like, hey, we're always striving to innovate and get a little bit better. And we don't have the answers. But in pursuit of them, we're hoping to tell some cool stories. And I think it's pretty cool that like that's you in a nutshell. Like step by step, incremental improvements. And I think when you focus on that, we get to see the magic and like the home run hitting potential of Danielle Brandon. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's so, it's just like thinking about it is so overwhelming to me. Um, you know, I cannot think like a step ahead, like that is not me. Um, even sometimes with Matt, you know, he'll say, um, you know, I like to be like, what do I focus on? Like, what do I, I don't like to think of what not to focus on. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that makes sense. It's like, um, you know, don't focus, like, it's like even just the shifting of words of like, Hey, don't think about this. And I'm like, okay, I want to know what to think about. Like, it's very like what, like very just like simple, what to focus on. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, and I, I wish I could remember it exactly, but have you ever read, um, it's like David Goggins' book. It's not the yeah. Hurt Me, it's the other one. The next one? I haven't yeah. read the new. I haven't read the newest okay. one, but I'll definitely check it out for your recommendation. It's really good, I have but, read "Can't Hurt Me" though. Yeah, the, in his new one, they were talking about a quote, and I wish I could remember a story. And essentially, he says, um, "You know, your people are looking at the bigger picture so often." And he's like, "Okay, well, instead of doing that, like, can you see the next step? And if you can see the next step, then that's like just focus on that, like the next step, yeah, totally. the next step, the next step." Um, and I thought I, I, I really liked that quote and I was like, that is totally, it just makes things way easier to focus yeah, on. Totally. I mean, there, there are some famous stories out there. One of the ones that I know is like, if there's a ton of fog in front of you and you're, you know, in the middle of a forest, you're not going to yeah. be able to see in the distance, the entirety of the trail, right? Yeah. But you can look down and see your feet. And you yeah. can narrow your focus to just, hey, what's that very next step? And that gives you peace of mind that you're in control. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like and admire that, that you're thinking that way. And, you know, going back to the concept of, of thinking about what not to do, that, that's pretty famous in sports psychology. Like if somebody tells you not to think of a white bear, you think of a white bear. <laughs> you can't help it. <laughs> Yes. You see that in Olympic weightlifting, right? Like people are like, hey, don't bend your arms early. You're like, shit, now I can't stop bending my arms early. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I oh. like the actionable cues as well. Like if, if, that, if we're using that as an example, I'd say something like, hey, flex your triceps. And now people know like, hey, flexing the triceps is going to keep my arms straighter a little bit longer. Cool. Yeah. I like that. that that's rad. I, I think that's a really important takeaway for people that are – you know, in the midst of like a chaotic moment where there's so many things going on, it's like, what's one thing we can focus on? And um, that's really good advice and and stoked that you mentioned that. I think last time we spoke, you were just in the process of transitioning from Vegas out to Naples, Florida and training with Brutes. Like you were, I think you were literally packing up your apartment like that day. Yeah. And um, now you've got a whole year under your belt. I'm really yeah. curious, like, what has that journey been like? You know, new training group, yeah. new location. You went from super dry heat to a ton of humidity. You're training with, with Dahl and Pepper, who had a hell of a year. Yeah. Like, what's, what's this journey, being a part of the Brute Strength crew, been like? Oh, my gosh. It has been quite the journey. Um, it is so different. And, you know, I... I it seems like from Vegas that I was training with a lot of people, but I really wasn't, um, to now getting to train under kind of one coach who's coaching five athletes is kind of crazy. Um, but I think we really did learn a lot this year. Um, you know, as smart as the brute crew is, um, I did come in with a lot of unknowables, you know, working with a new coach who really knew, not a lot about me and my fitness other than, you know, what I got at the games last year. Um, but he wasn't really, um, you know, a part of that, like fitness and that development as much as he was more a part of like the strategy at the games. Right. So it was really a big learning year of navigating, you know, a back injury and, you know, a couple other injuries and how to approach, um, you know, my strength throughout the year, my fitness throughout the year. Um, so it's cool. It was a lot of learning. Um, 
a lot of like ups and downs, um, you know, working with a new coach, especially when I am just a little different. I am very different when it comes to um, coaching styles, um, much different than Dallin and Emma and Fee and James. Um, so a lot of learning, which I'm excited to, you know, change a lot there mentally, um, but also physically how we attack this next year. I'm really excited about, um, because I just think there's is so much to improve on. Um, you know, it was a good, it was a good learning year. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's in my humble opinion, I really think that's why we're here in this, on this earth is really to learn and, and explore and seek and be like, Hey, what, what are our bodies capable of? Oh, why, yeah. do, why do we think about it that way? Why do we have limiting beliefs this way? How do we kind of push the boundaries on that? And yeah. then there's this whole concept of societal norms, right? This is the way it's always been done. So this is the way we should do it. And I think you're the queen of like, yeah. no, like if, if it's been done that way, let's, let's do it a little different, especially yeah. in the world of fitness and strength and conditioning. It's this constant tethering and trial and error and trying to go too far and then not going far enough. And I think I was watching the, the awesome Buttery Bros small documentary on you guys and, and qualifying five athletes, which huge shout out to you guys and the crew. That's badass. Yeah. And um, I think they asked Dolan. He was doing a, a sled workout. And, oh, yeah. they, and they were like, hey, how heavy are you going to go on the sled? And he was like, honestly, I want to make the sled a little heavier than last year. But honestly, so heavy where the wheels are probably going to fall off. Yeah. And he was like, they absolutely did. <laughs> which was cool to observe, but that is what it's like kind of exploring and experimenting in the lab where it's like, what are you doing? You're trying to learn. And, and I, I really admire you saying that because you didn't label it as good or bad. It just is. There's a ton yeah. of power in that. Yeah. I mean, like I absolutely could look you know, and, and that's not to say that like in the moment of being really emotional at the games that it would be like, dang, like this year was a waste. Like, oh, this year sucked. Right. Like, you know, dang, what a failure. Um, but obviously when you take that emotion away and you and I really reflect on this year, it's like, OK, like there was a ton of things that like, you know, it was a new year with a new coach. Like, you know, we couldn't do a lot of things because we just were, we had a lot of unknown. Right. But there's, it just means there was so much more to learn from and that like, we didn't get the most out of the year that we wanted, but like, dang, how cool that now that just means next year, we're going to get so much more. And I mean, that really only means we can be better, right? Like <laughs> hopefully we don't go, we don't backtrack, but you know, is it, it can feel as if I did backtrack a little bit this year. Um, but again, we're in like a whole new, I'm in a whole new state. Like I'm, in, I'm with a whole new group of people, a whole, a whole different coach. Um, so there really can be so much to learn from this year, as frustrating as it can be to feel like maybe I did take a step back in my fitness a little bit. Um, but there's also so many things in my fitness that, you know, that we know that I improved on. Right. Like mm -hmm. so many things. I mean, all the things that I sucked at last year, I'm so much better at this year. Um, even if it, that meant a little bit of my, you know, strengths did take a little bit of a backseat, but 
that just means this year we know that much more on what we can do to improve everything and, you know, make sure my strengths do stay strengths, but also those weaknesses are brought up, you know, yeah. all that, all that fun stuff when it comes to programming and fitness. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's all data collection too. And recognizing yeah. like, Hey, you know, these are, are just opportunities to learn more about, you know, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. And inevitably you are going to have to allow your strengths to, you know, come down a few notches in pursuit yeah. of making the holes less deep and, and yeah. allowing those guys to kind of elevate a little bit. And this episode is brought to you by HVMN health via modern nutrition. They launched the world's first ketone drink in 2017, and then in 2022 launched the version 2 of their exogenous ketone product line called Ketone IQ. I found that incorporating ketones into my morning routine increased my daily focus and energy. The beauty of this product is that you can stack it. It doesn't even have to replace your morning routine. My morning routine looks like taking the dog on a walk, hitting my daily shot of Ketone IQ, hopping in the cold plunge, and then finishing it off with a nice Trident coffee while I soak up some morning sunlight. Try out some ketones for yourself by using the code INVICTUS for 20% off Ketone IQ. Ketones are a super efficient fuel for your brain that leaves you feeling energized and clear-headed. Give it a shot. I promise you won't regret it. Once again, Use code INVICTUS for 20% off Ketone IQ. Move fast and break shit. This is one of the core values at LSKD and something that we fully resonate with here at the Invictus Mindset Podcast. LSKD develops functional sportswear with a streetwear aesthetic that's on a mission to inspire you to chase the vibe through sport, fitness, and adventure. Through my experiences with LSKD products and their team members, I have found a brand that I can call home that keeps me performing at my highest level through fitness and business. I train daily in the rep shorts and love the versatility they offer so I can go from training at the gym directly to meetings, client consults, running errands, or preparing for podcasts. The LSKB vibe has finally reached San Diego. And we want you to experience it too. Go to us.lskd.co to start shopping today. We want to inspire you to chase the vibe. Yeah, you're right. From from a observational and experimental like perspective, it is disappointing when the outcome isn't what you want it to be. But that's also reflective of, like you said, a weekend. If we spread that out and tested more modalities it probably yeah. would have been a little bit of a different outcome for sure. And uh, I, I definitely think that's of, of important um, things to note for sure in the sense of, you know, making certain sacrifices to improve upon other things. And let's be honest, the, the, the sport of CrossFit needs to be a compromise, yeah. right? You can't be so good at one thing and then struggling yeah. in, in another. What yeah. was it like for you to battle through this back injury? Was it something that definitely like pushed you away a little bit where you were incredibly frustrated not being able to do what you wanted to do? And what was the healing process like? And we all know injuries are going to create 
emotional yeah. roller coasters, a little bit of brain fog. Like, how were yeah. you able to kind of navigate that adversity this year? Yeah, I mean, honestly, this year with my back, I think it was more the beginning of the season. You know, I think I got through Rogue. And then I think after that, I I want to say I only had like one or two um, kind of like back, like bad back flare-ups. Um, um, so I think it was more, I would say it was almost tougher for Matt to navigate it, um, you know, kind of programming around it, not knowing much, you know, and even me, I didn't really know much of like what was bad for it. What wasn't, it was kind of, it, it almost felt as if it was just this injury that would like come up out of nowhere. Like I would feel perfectly fine. And then like all of a sudden I couldn't like bend over. Um, Mm, and that's just, if anyone's who's dealt with, um, disc issues, that's just like how it goes. Um, sometimes they're a little bit chaotic and unpredictable, unfortunately. Um, so I think it was a little more tough for Matt, um, to program around that. Um, you know, and it's, I did honestly end this, go through the season feeling pretty healthy with my back, which was great. Um, I actually had to, um, it was a, I had an elbow injury like that came up and had to have PRP done on my elbow after semis. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was more that than anything. So my back injury really was um, great. So that's cool going into this year. Um, You know, it's funny. Literally today I was like, Matt, I think this year, like, we need to be more aggressive with my strength. And he's like, yeah, I agree too. Like last year we weren't able to because we just didn't know. Um, But I I did end the season um, with my back being much more healthy. Um, Nice. So – you know, it, the, the elbow is definitely a, a finicky one. I've definitely battled my own yeah. elbow issues. You know, we obviously saw the the Brooke Wells story. Yeah, we've, we've seen you know lots of different athletes you know fighting that. It's just a it's a spot that just takes a lot of just <laughs> discomfort in the sport of CrossFit yeah. between you know the lockout between the front rack position, you know, catching yeah. various forms of ring muscle ups, the cyclical patterning of chest to bar pull-ups yeah it's definitely a joint that's very small and you know with the radius and ulna kind of connecting there to the humerus it's yeah it's a complex joint that i think just gets a little finicky and it's tough sometimes because you don't want to go through a full surgery because sometimes it doesn't even improve it and then other times you get lucky but the rehab is tough um I've, i've done prp on my elbow a few times it helps a ton but yeah. man, when that thing's painful, the front rack sucks so bad. Uh, mine was um, a lot of like pulling. Got it. But it was like the a tear in the ulnar. ulnar yeah, the UCL, whatever. the ulnar collateral yeah. ligament. Yeah. And then also another spot within the elbow. I don't even know. <laughs> so rope, rope climbs were probably pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, I haven't – I think I – I could count on one hand the amount of um, workouts I did with legless rope climbs. I don't even think yeah. I did like one throughout the season um, mm-hmm. just because it was flared up. And then, you know, it was this thing, it was hurting before semis. Um, and I was, and I finally got like an MRI and then, you know, we're like, okay, can I go through semis? And then I got through semis. And I think like the day after, two days after I went and got a PRP and it helped significantly. But, you know, I think that was, two months out from the games or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't 
able to do as much as I would have liked when it came to like leg lifts and muscle ups, but you know, PRP helped tremendously. So that was great. But yeah, you know, it's kind of like one of those things, like unfortunate timing. Um, but whatever. Sounds like you have the tools in your toolbox to, to navigate the adversity, but I also appreciate you sharing, you know, just for other people out there, people listening, you don't have to always lean to surgery right away, right? You can lean to some of these more naturopathic approaches and, you know, I've, I've got access to a lot of people that do those things. So I'd be happy to share if anybody's listening to this and is navigating an injury. Um, being in pain sucks. And so, I mean, that's part of the reason why all of us love to try to stay active is, is to try to slow down the aging process, you know, be able to have the, the freedom and flexibility and mobility to do what we want when we want for as long as possible in this, in this magical thing called life. And, you know, I, I really think it's cool to see the maturity that you've had navigating some of these challenges. And, you know, what was it like, you know, Matt Torres is way different than Justin Kotler in their different types of coaching styles and approaches to fitness and, you know, training with Dallin. I mean, that dude seems pretty freaking awesome. And then you got the bubbly James Sprague that's just always a happy <laughs> butterfly. And uh, he had a hell of a season as well. And then just Emma Carey. Fisagafi, like you guys just have a little crew out there. And I think uh, we alluded to it last thing. You guys kind of have different training slots and different blocks. And I think you said that you train mostly with Dallin. What was it like, you know, getting to know the crew a little bit this year and kind of feeling like you had a community of people that all like-minded, all qualified for the games. So all your seasons kind of extended together. What was it like having a community of like-minded individuals? Yeah, I think more so. Um, I did train majority of the year with um, Dallin and even James um, near the end there. Um, it was cool. Um, Dallin, I truly always forget his age, and it's cool. It's just, I don't know, it's really cool. I, I truly look up to Dallin so much as, um, you know, as an athlete and a friend, like, I don't think he realizes how he carries himself and how much that affects all of us. Like I look up to Dallin. There has been so many moments throughout the, it makes me like almost like emotional because I don't think he realizes how much I look up to him um, and how much I trust him as a training partner and a friend. Um, I think there was moments throughout the year that Matt would tell Dallin to tell me something because that's how much I trusted him, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and the amount of times that I would go to Dallin for like advice on a workout, like it's crazy. Like that's just how much I looked up to him and how smart he is. Like he's so intelligent when it comes to this war of CrossFit, you know, the amount of times we're in there and we're like, hey, Dallin, what does this convert to? Hey, what's if you hold this pace, what pace do I hold? Like, it's just really cool and how willing he is to, you know, be there for us. Um, and then you have James who like, you know, when I'm like most frustrated in the gym, James will do some stupid dance or say some stupid thing that literally nobody else could get away with. Um, so it's just like a really fun balance that, you know, I get to have in there with Dallin and James. Um, 
you know, Emma, I, I truly didn't connect with her much. You know, she is so much younger than me. Um, she's in a completely different session with me. So I think we more view each other as just like competitors who are at the same camp who live in the same place. Um, but then Fee, it's been, you know, again, I don't get to train with her much. Um, I think with Fee, it's more cool that I get to connect with her more just like as a person, um, you know, like we're not necessarily like we are training partners, but we don't really train that much together. Um, but it's cool to get, it's almost better that way that I've gotten to connect with feet outside of the gym, because I think for us, it can feel more like we just have each other, um, outside of the gym, you know, like I have this, this friend, like this person who always has the best things to say, you know, I, I go through so much inside and outside of the gym and like knowing that I have her and, you know, hopefully she knows that she has me, um, has been really cool. Um, she, she truly makes me want to be a better friend, um, and a better person and can make the struggles inside the gym seem like nothing. You That's know? rad. It's really yeah. cool to see the fostering of relationships, the depth, the connection, and I mean, there, there will come a time where, where CrossFit's not here anymore and you move on and you're going to remember these, these memories and these relationships and be able to self-reflect and, you know, tell stories around a campfire one day. Yeah. And little stories, kind of like what you shared with me around Dallin's famous farmer carry where, you know, he, he, he's carrying these heavy, was it kettlebells? It was a, like, um, what are those? Like the farmer I don't even know handles? Yeah, like the long, you put weights on yeah, both yeah, sides. Yeah. Kind of like farmer carry handles, and you can load them up pretty yeah. heavy. And, yeah. you know, he gets out good good distance, and he's getting ready to walk back to the gym, and he's feeling pretty confident. Yeah. Puts a little chalk on his hands that he was humbly holding on to underneath his grips or his wrist wraps, yes. and was like, you know what? I don't need this anymore. Yeah. It almost makes me think of like, um, I think it's that famous scene from uh, from Hitch where he's getting ready to like walk up and kiss the girl oh. and he takes his inhaler and he hits it and then chucks the oh, inhaler yes, and like yes. struts, he like struts over there that's how i'm thinking of him like chalking oh, up that is chalk, so good. tossing the chalk and thinking i'm not gonna need this and then you're like going on the walk with these farmer handles you're like i need that chalk i, I just made a big yes. mistake and it's yes. too far away for me to go get yes <laughs> That is exactly it. Oh, that's such a good movie. Dude, Hitch is great. It is so great. And honestly, since we're chatting about that movie, the scene where he's like doing all the dance moves and Will Smith slaps him and he goes, don't you ever do that again. They got pizza there, man. You're going to stay right here. You're going to stay right here. What's funny about that is I imagine James being in the gym dancing like that. And knowing oh his personality, God. it's like some days he's going to get the Daniel Brandon eye roll. And then oh, other yeah. times, like, you're going to, like, lean into him and be like, all right, I'm going to vibe with oh, that. Exactly. <laughs> like, there's days where I'm like, okay, James, like, I need you to stop. Like, I cannot be laughing. Like, I'm like, chill. Um, but then there's days where, like, I, I'm that person that is laughing because, I don't know, it's so stupid. Nobody can make you, like – it's the stupid funny to where you're like, why am I laughing? Like I, I continue to laugh and I know I'm just egging it on. And I'm like, Oh, like I am that person right now. Like he keeps doing this because I am laughing stupidly hard. And you That's know, funny. But 
it's so good like to have to have him in there really yeah, is. for sure and he had a great season i mean for him to yeah. qualify for for the games being a member of team too tall i mean his squat patterning just got so much better um, oh, got see, seeing you know his grip work which really improved. I mean, I, I watched that Buttery Bros piece, and the dude opened with 25 bar muscle ups, which that's not easy for a guy that's you know significantly over 200 pounds. And I, I definitely think it's cool to see some of the intricacies of program design, where you know for someone like him, he needs to develop quad strength for sure. With a femur yeah. that long, like you need a vertical torso, you can't hinge too much in, in CrossFit right. patterning, and then inevitably, if you're going to be able to hang. In, in the sport of CrossFit with all these smaller, really gymnasty guys, you got to hang on yeah. to the bar a little bit longer because your movement patterning is just not going to be as fast. Yeah. And it was cool to see him yeah. figure that out. What are your yeah. thoughts on some of the little, I mean, I say little, but they're really big accessory pieces that you guys play with, with regards to some of the grip work. I love the innovation of like a supinated hold and like changing, like holding on to balls as opposed to like neutral grip or farmer carry holds. I love some of that stuff that you guys play with. And I mean, it, it makes sense to see everybody's development. And also it doesn't beat up the tissues so bad when you're playing around with accessory work at controlled intensity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that stuff is a big reason as to why, we can continue to do what we do um, as injury free as possible, right? Like injuries are just inevitable. Like it's just inevitable with sport. It's going to happen no matter what. Um, it's cool. I mean, like I would say if you're not doing accessory work, I don't know what you're, what you're doing, you know, or what you're not doing. Um, yeah. It's cool. Like the programming is so specific. Um, and when you look at it, you're like, wait, like this makes sense. Like if I want to get better at grip work, why am I not doing more grip work? Like why, you know, how can you only just do these Metcons um, that have a ton of grip? Like why not do this accessory work that is going to be so much less har harsh and, you know, a lot more on the body um, than this accessory work. Like it just, it makes sense. Like, you know, it, it is cool and it, it's just so smart, but it's also so simple and, you know? No, totally. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's definitely something that uh, the, the orange is worth the squeeze for sure. You're getting a big return on investment and it's not beating up the tissues. Like, you know, back in the day, I was, I was chatting with um, Nick Matthew about this the other day. And when you looked at like some of the early days of CrossFit, it was like, okay, people did one workout a day. Yeah. And then it transitioned to like everybody seeing Rich Froning and Dan Bailey doing like all these different Metcons within the same day. And at the time, like it worked. Like a lot of the best athletes in the world were doing that. That's kind of what we knew. Uh, everybody was still working full-time jobs at the time. So the Metcon approach was great because it was really time efficient. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it became like more is better. Keep going. And then yeah. everybody was getting injured. The average career of a CrossFitter was like three years. And now everybody's kind of combining approaches where it's like, hey, we can do a few Metcons, but they got to be spread out. We got to understand different energy systems and, and the glycolytic pathway and, you know, the phosphagen pass, pathway and understanding like, hey, we're going to go long, medium, short. And then there's other times where like, hey, it doesn't have to be high intensity all the time. Sometimes we can have variability in intensity. And that's, you know, these last couple of years, we've been seeing a lot more zone two work 
We've been seeing a lot more integration of like heart rate monitors and the Garmin usage and understanding HRV with the whoops. Um, it's just cool to see the data start to integrate within the sport. And then you mentioned briefly, you know, looking at wattage and pacing on certain bikes when you guys are doing workouts. We are beyond excited to be working with Wizard Sciences for total brain and body optimization. This partnership came through personal experience with the benefits of their incredible product line and a deep human connection with their founder and former guest, Ion Mitchell. The Olympic RX supplement is created to enhance your overall training. When taking this, do not expect your body to feel different, but look for key indicators within workouts to see what this product can really do. I found increases in my strength and that I had an extra gear when working through tough cardio sessions. The Olympic contains beta alanine, removes inflammation and oxidative stress at a mitochondrial level, increases muscle recruitment, and is full of carbon-60, which is considered the ultimate anti-aging and anti-inflammatory weapon available. Give Wizard Sciences a try and become as close to limitless as you can get. Use code INVICTUSMINDSET for 15% off your order. Once again, that's Invictus Mindset for 15% off your order. And that's so incredibly helpful in understanding yourself as an athlete. So when you're out there on the competition floor, you can't just go, hey, I'm going to hammer everything and I'm going to go unbroken on everything. It's just not realistic. Yeah. Especially, yeah. you know, now. Yeah. I mean, it makes, to me, it makes the um, demand for coaches um, so much more significant. You know, I think... Mm -hmm. A lot of times it was easier in the, what you call it earlier days of CrossFit to just be like, you know, okay, I'm going to try to hold this pace or I'm going to go out at, you know, this level of effort or speed. Um, but now, you know, because of the much more strategic and strategies to it and knowing, you know, when you're going to hit a wall and whatnot, um, especially on like machines and stuff like that um, and runs and pacing, um, it is so much easier to have a coach, um, who's able to navigate that data, right? Like, I mean, you mm -hmm. can do it alone, you know, of course, but you know, that's why, you know, I really believe that like the coaches of brute, um, are so much more valuable, um, and just on this different level, you know, there are other coaches obviously out there, but you know, it, there's, you're seeing more and more coaches kind of have to step up, you know, because mm -hmm. you have to know those things, you know, yeah, totally. I think you saw that, um, even, you know, it brings to mind the final, um, at the games, um, you saw a lot of people, a lot of the girls in the heats before who got off the bike at, you know, I think, or it was like 52 seconds or like a minute, you know, um, and they died. And then you see yeah. the girls who more finished a minute 15, a minute 30, you know, they passed those girls, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, I even heard some other athletes, I won't name names, but they're like, I want to go out at like a 72. And it's like, okay, do that and see what happens. Like you will yeah. die. And I think, you know, having a coach being like, no, 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 no. Like we're going to reel it back to this. We're going to go out at a 65, you know? And um, so it's just cool. Like, the the levels to it and how much more strategy there is um totally and, and, and really that. understanding physiology where 
You yeah. know, you go out too hot, your body can't buffer that lactic acid. I'd exactly. rather have an athlete go, take an extra 15 to even 30 seconds on the bike rather than yeah. dropping the thruster and bending over, getting into a staring contest with the barbell yeah. where the barbell is going to win every time. Yes. You know, and it's it's kind of like if you can try to do bigger sets on the thruster and back off the pacing on the bike, inevitably the outcome of the workout is going to be a little bit faster. Yeah. And I, I think it's really cool to, that you're able to self-reflect. That's the exact workout I was thinking about, too, when, when I was yeah. mentioning the pacing, because we saw that a lot. Where yeah. People came out too hot and it was like, ooh, ooh, the wheels are falling off. Ah, yeah. But oh, it, it, it is fun. They're yeah, looking sure. around it, like, oh, shit. Yep. It <laughs> is fun as a fan, though, to see people like really want to be an athlete in that moment to be like, hey what am I capable of in the midst of like, I have to go for it right now if I want to place in whatever place. Mm -hmm. And it is cool to see the bravery and just the, yeah. the risk that people yeah. are willing to go for just as a fan. And even if yeah. the wheels do fall off, I'm like, you know what? You had the courage to kind of go <laughs> full send. It was kind of fun to see. Yes. And I really admire the bravery. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that perspective because to me as a competitor, I'm like, okay, we all can suffer. We all can go for it, but who can do it the smartest? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and to that's, me, I'm that's like, the maturity you, you now possess, right? When you were doing that muscle up workout against Mars and it was like yeah. 15, 12, nine, you, you even mentioned previously you would have looked at the number 15. You're like, ah, oh, two sets. I got that. And now you're yeah. like, how do I strategically break this up and yeah. maybe take smaller rest intervals? So you're sustainable then on the row and the heavy shoulder to overhead on that particular workout. And it just yeah. goes to show like the natural deconstruction of your ego over time. And yeah. you're no longer like, I have to go unbroken on everything. It's like, no, I'm going to be strategic. And I know myself as an athlete now. And inevitably, it's not about doing it to satisfy the external eyes that are watching me in a workout. It's for me to improve, to try to move up that leaderboard on yeah. that said weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Looking at workouts like that, I think it's even just realizing like I have to have this shift in mindset and how I approach workouts because the sport is just getting that much better. You know, I think in the beginning of the sport, there were so many workouts where I'd be like, yep, go out unbroken. But like you could do that. And if you could do that, you would probably beat some other people. But now because, you know, there is so much strategy to it. Um, and I think. Uh, I just watched like Justin's YouTube video. He kind of said how he isn't the most um, physically gifted or talented, but he's going to get so much out of that workout because of his strategy that he's going to outperform, you know, what he's really capable of. Um, mm -hmm. And that's how it is. Like I'm going to break up the muscle up so much more um, because I'm going to get so much more out of the workout because of that. Right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to approach workouts recklessly. Um, and sometimes you'll have the athleticism and physical capability to keep up with that recklessness, but because you have a Dallin pepper next to you, who's going to break it up that much more, he's going to outperform you now. Like mm -hmm. it, the sport is just evolving that much more that like you have, you have to do those things. You have to be, um, you know, a student of the sport, um, 
So it's, it's cool to see. And I, as much as sometimes I hate it and I'm like, Oh, like I am really athletic. I want to just be able to, you know, go for it and do it. I'm like, wait, like if I want to win and actually perform well, like I have to do these things. Um, so it is, you know, it is having a good team, but also, yeah, letting your ego kind of be like, I can do this unbroken, but should I? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know? Just shows the the strategy that needs to live in yeah. between your ears in order to execute in oh, the appropriate yeah. time. And, and there's that famous quote, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. But when I look at hard work, I don't just think about like effort. I also yeah. think discipline. I think of the discipline to break things up a little bit, to understand pacing, to use a little bit of strategy because inevitably, like if you just work, 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 you're not always moving the needle in the right direction. And with you being a needle mover, you definitely want to move the needle in the right direction and not be stagnant or going backwards. And so I love that you guys are forming these bonds and, and learning and, and it's cool to unpack all of this with you because it just shows like the evolution is so much more than physical. It's relationship oriented and then it's mindset oriented. And then all of those things have a trickle down effect into lifestyle, into the habits that you possess, into the experiences that you lean into. And it just shows the all encompassing total human optimization. And I think that's, that's the coolest thing is like, Sports going to come and go. Money's going to come and go. Notoriety is going to come and go. But who you are and the yeah. character traits that you develop along the way, those stay with you forever. And yeah. I, I love seeing that you guys are just kind of like etching and kind of massaging each individual artistic sculpture into, you know, a masterpiece that's unique for you. Yeah. Yeah. It is it's cool. good stuff. And it's cool that we're all in a kind of different you know, I'm in a much different position and, um, time in my life and career than like Dallin is, you know, mm-hmm. so the things Dallin's going to learn from me are going to be so much different than the things I'm going to learn from him. Um, which is just cool, you know? So. Yeah, totally. Did you have fun on some of the adventurous program design from this last weekend? The, the mountain biking piece. I saw that that got a little aggressive with some of the guys and, oh, um, yeah. yeah, there was a little bumping and brawling in there. And then, um, obviously you're going to kick ass on, on the handstand piece and the pirouette yeah. up on the box for sure. That's, that's your jam. But what was it like having some of those adventurous pieces? Cause that's not something you're going to do like every week in training. You're going to do that you know, in your games training block in the lead up for sure. Yeah. I mean the biking, um, it was something that we worked on a lot this year. Um, and I did get better at biking. Um, but unfortunately, like, you know, it was, it, it's something that is hard to prepare for just because of, you know, a 40 minute bike loop. Like how many, I don't think any of us necessarily expected that. Um, even like the setup of the bike, um, you know, I liked it, but I also didn't just because, um, you know, of some things that happened during the bike. Uh, but ultimately I did like, I mean, I liked that. It was cool, you know, boring to probably watch, but 
it was cool. And now we know what we can work on more. Um, the handstand one, that was fun. It's funny because I, I truly didn't get to do many hands, handstands this year. So I was like a little more nervous because I was like, do I still have this? Can I still do these? Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times the boys would get to be doing handstands and the L-sits and all the gymnastics. And I'd be like, can I do that? And Matt would be like, no, like you don't need to. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. So that was fun. I'm honestly really curious to see um how they develop this style because you know they did like the tests were so the like single modality like it was just like a 40 minute bike ride a 5k run um you know a weightlifting like I want to see how they build off of that and like what they'll do next year like are they going to do you know the bike event is just going to be like only bike now like a 30 minute bike or like a 20 minute bike, you know, is the 5k going to be like a one mile run? Is it going to be, you know, like, I'm just curious. I'm more curious to see how they build off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I kind of am too, to see if they end up making it like mis- mixed modal where they yeah. combine it. Like, I think they did that a little bit last year at bike and like toe to bar or chest to bar yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And then simultaneously last year, they also had that interval piece with like that 400 run and then the shoulder to overhead. Yeah. And so it is like, interesting to see if they incorporate that. intervals. That was a that was a cool cool yeah. program design from last year. Yeah. I mean, I'm not much on the like, you know, how to test us, but it was interesting to see. I feel like last year was what much more of what you would view like CrossFit as, where like, okay, cool. Uh, you can run, but can you also lift heavy? And it was like mm-hmm. within the same workout um, where I feel like last year was a much more like balanced within the workouts. Yeah. Whereas this year it wasn't like, it was like, are you good at this? Because like, that's the one thing that's being tested. It was a little more specialized for sure. Yeah. Like more specialized where last year I obviously like enjoyed them a little bit more just because you know, cool. You're good at running. Well, can you lift this bar over your head? Oh no, you can't, you know? And if you can do both, like that shows to me, like a much more well-rounded athlete. Yeah. That's a really, really good observation. Was there an event from the games this year that you're like, man, that one hurt. That one was really tough. Um, you know, the final, my legs fucking hurt. Yeah. Um, my yeah, body I saw you was, jump across the, the finish line and you were just like, man, my legs are smoked. They were like hurting. I had a lot of things like my body was not cooperating the first half of that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, like something was going on to where I was just, I was really suffering for no reason. <laughs> um, one that really, really hurt. Um, What did we have? We had How was that how was that pig workout? You know what? I I didn't necessarily that one didn't hurt as bad as um maybe some people experienced. Um I was more it was more like shoulders, but my thing was I actually set myself up in a really good position when I got to the second set of pigs. Um and then I just I was just sloppy on the pigs. Um, you know, we didn't get to touch them in warm up. We don't have one in training. Um, I am to, am typically good at the pig, but you know, doing the pig under different physical circumstances, um, 
you know, can help. Like, how do I flip this pig when my shoulders are tired? How do I flip mm-hmm. this pig when my legs are tired? It was just like these variables that, um, it was just tough to navigate at that point. Um, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I wouldn't say that one like hurt, hurt a ton. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the bike one really did hurt. I would like those last lunges. Like I thought it would be shoulders and it was not shoulders. It was all legs. Um, and it, it, that one was actually cool at the end. Um, I think I was neck and neck with like Lawson and, um, Paige, I think. And, um, I think I may have gotten on the lunges like a tad quicker. Maybe Emma did. I forget. Um, but I think I got to the lunges a little bit before Paige maybe. Um, and actually like viewing, like I'm lunging and then like they're passing me. And like in my head, I was just like, you like, I don't know what it was, but I just like shifted to like a gear that like, I did not even know possible. And I was, I literally was just like, fuck it. Like you're going to die like, or fail doing these lunges. Um, and I actually passed them both. Like it was crazy. It was like, they leaped ahead, but then I was like, fuck it. And like, just like somehow managed, but it hurt really bad. Like after I was like, my legs are in so much pain, but (laughs) it's cool to find those extra gears though. Like in the midst of competition, knowing that like, Hey, there's this, this thing inside me that I want to like express right now. And it's just it's animalistic competitiveness and just wanting to see how far you can take it. Yeah. It was like, it's cool because that was something we worked on a lot this year was, um, finishing harder than I realized like I was capable of. And we did that a lot in training. So, and it was cool because then I, I was like, dang, like I truly gave everything I had in that workout. Um, and I think if you look, um, at just my history at the games, like that's typically not a workout that I would be very good at. Um, a lot of like squatting, um, with power output on a bike. Um, so it was cool to have like as good of a finish on that as I did. Um, and to pass some girls at the end like that, um, based on finish the weekend with no regrets, which I think is really powerful for the mind in, you know, as you, as you turn the page on that chapter and move forward. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, you know, in the past, I think mentally I would have given up earlier than I would have physically in this year, like truly, truly being able to say that I showed up mentally for every workout is like something I've never been able to say. Like, I mean, like I truly mentally like showed up for myself and like there was moments within the workouts too, where of course I was like, dang, like this hurts. Like, you know, I'm not like physically, like something's going on, but I never was like, never like, was like, oh, you can't do it. Or like, just stop. It was just like, okay, what can I do physically right now? Because like something's going on. Like I, I obviously like, there's nothing I can do right now. Like what can I do in this workout right now? Like, mm-hmm. um, so it, it really is cool to be able to say that. And like, I think that's why like mentally I feel so at peace with the games because I mentally showed up for every workout, you know, like if I had mentally given up even in one, like I would have been like kicking myself in the ass, you know, like I would not. The pain of suffering is way better than the pain of regret. And there's that, that famous, famous quote by John Wooden, which is success is peace of mind, knowing that you did your best to become the best that you're capable of becoming. 
and that's unattached to the outcome. It sounds like you were married to the process, divorced from the outcome, and really focused on, hey, what is in my control? I'm going to focus on that, and I'm just going to use that as fuel to continue to improve, not just in this moment, but in seasons to come. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it, it is, like, also a little humbling, you know, like, Physically, I wasn't where I wanted to be, um, but like I have everything in my capabilities to be there physically. Like mm-hmm. I have no doubt. Like it's funny. I've walked away from this weekend with more confidence than I did last year. Yeah. Like last year I walked away f- way better finishing, right? Like physically way better. Um, you know, and I walked away with some confidence of like, ooh, like maybe I can podium. Right. But it was like this, Ooh, like maybe I can, like, that'd be cool. And there were so many moments throughout this year and in training where I was like, I think I could win it. Like I can win the games and like walking away from this games, finishing where I finished, I still walk away. Like I still can do this. Like I literally physically can like, yeah, it's just about doing it and hoping everything comes together. Um, so it's cool to walk away and not with like, this like much less lack of confidence. I actually walk yeah. away with more, which is really cool. That is so. really cool. It, it's, it's cool to hear you say it out loud too. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like that. something that like I have in the past been so uncomfortable doing, mm-hmm. but also I've been uncomfortable for a reason because I truly have never believed it. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I've never been that person to like, you know, say these like false affirmations in hopes that you'll one day believe it. Like I, that's just me and my personality, you know, how I was raised, like, um, you know, in the circumstances that I did, like, I'm not going to say these like fruity things unless I truly believe them. Um, you know, which has its like pros and cons, right? Like, no, totally. But belief is really powerful and belief in self, I think, you know, takes it to another level. And, Something I talk about a lot on this podcast is just maintaining a childlike mindset because children truly believe all things are possible. One day they want to be a professional athlete. The next day they want to be a doctor. The next day they want to be an astronaut. And, you know, there's no limitations to the capability of, of the human, you know, assuming you can put your mind and the actionables to follow suit. And yeah. you, you've absolutely done that. And since we're on the topic of belief, this episode is brought to you by Mush. My friends over at Mush created an incredibly cool product of ready-to-eat overnight oats. And for those of you that listen to the podcast often, you know simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And Mush has done just that, as their products have no more than seven clean ingredients that are dairy-free, gluten-free, with no added sugar. Mush started right here at Invictus, as they had a vision to create convenient, healthy, and clean nutrition. And this landed them on Shark Tank, where the famous Mark Cuban invested in them. Now they're found in retailers all over the country, including Costco, Sprouts, Target, and Whole Foods. Check out my friends over at www.eatmush.com. You had such an awesome post that, that really resonated because it showed the depth of you in relation to your customized two food belt. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? I thought it was so cool. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. Cause you know, we had been talking for a while about wanting to make a belt with two food. Um, 
you know, every, like everybody has these like really cool belts and honestly what they do is so cool because it is so like whatever you want, like that process of making the belt, like they're literally just like, what do you want to do? You know, like it's so free range, which to me was just like awesome to even work with a company like that. Um, especially like that is so me. And I think when we do approach people to work with, um, we always come at them with like, yo, we like to do what we want to do because we want this like truly to be like authentic. And, you know, we want to be able to really back whatever it is that we're, um, or whoever it is that we're working with. Um, so that was cool initially. Um, and I think it was like, we just hopped on a call. We're like, yo, what do you want to do? And I'm like, dang, like, I really don't know. Like I have no idea. Um, and then we kind of started a friend of mine. We started talking about my tattoos and we're like, Ooh, like, what if you did like something with your tattoo? And I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, we'll just put my tattoos on the belt, you know? And then I was like, dang, like, what if I just did one, like really meaningful one, which is my flying pig, um, which like has a story about it. And how can we like put this story on the belt? Um, which then my flying pig is because I got that because my mom, um, I think actually my grandma would always say it like, she'll never get clean. Like not until pigs fly. Um, and now my mom is clean. Um, so I did get the flying pig. Um, so that, which is why then we put on my belt, the when pigs fly dot, dot, dot. Um, cause I think that can connect with everybody, you know, like whatever, you know, it, these things that can seem truly impossible, like they are possible. Um, so it was just cool. Like, I think to me, it's like this really cool story and it's simple and can connect with a lot of people. And it's really special to me. So now I have a belt that like has it on it, which I think is just really cool. I love that story so much. I mean, I I really do think storytelling is such a magical way for all of us to connect and it has, it comes with context. And then, you know, if you think of it like a spider web, then it's spider webs. And now there's relation to your mom, to your grandmother. And it's almost like they're with you in every single thing that you, you go through the good, the bad, the indifferent and I, I think there's a ton of meaning to that, knowing that we're not traveling this journey alone. We're traveling as a bundle of stories, the good, the bad, everything in between, and being able to self-reflect that a flying pig is giving you hope. And then also to even take it a step further, social media is such a a cool platform when used the right way. And I think yeah. it's an opportunity for you to relate and connect to a wide demographic of people especially considering there's only a handful of competitions where people are going to be able to see you and connect with you. And, you know, maybe there's appearances or things like that, but it is cool to see, you know, from a content creator perspective, that is a big part of the business of fitness. A lot of professional athletes, you know, aren't always monetizing from just the competitions. There's more to it than that. And I I love seeing that you're making yourself relatable to connect to the broad and inclusive public. Yeah. I mean, we are in a, a sport and where the sport is right now, um, you know, social media is such a big part of that. Um, you know, you love it and you hate it. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you do see other sports who don't necessarily like who don't have to even use social media, right. To be successful or make a living out of what they do. Um, you know, but you can bitch and complain about that all you want. Um, but that's where we are right now. And it's like, 
you have, you know, I accept that. And I have been really lucky to even, you know, build the following that I have and be able to build the brand that I do have. And, um, it be this really like inclusive and, um, you know, I feel like the people that I connect with, they already feel like we're friends, which I think is like really cool. Makes it just really easy to be yourself. Um, yeah. And it makes it easier to connect with people. And I, I, it feels really cool that I get to share kind of this even deeper layer to myself, um, with this story, because I don't think a lot of people kind of knew that about me. Um, so it was cool to feel like, you know, it's like when you're dating somebody like, you know, or you have friends and then you share this even deeper thing and you become closer. Um, yep. so it's cool to feel that like, yeah, I feel for like sure. vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool. Cause I was, you know, kind of hesitant to share this story of mine and, you know, to even share a little bit more about, you know, what I went through in my childhood, um, which we'll be doing a lot more with, um, rad and a documentary. Um, oh, cool. yeah. And like, I've just never wanted that to be like my identity or the thing that people connected with me about first. Um, so it's cool to be able to get to do it now because I feel like it, it just brings me closer to people. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. bring the people necessarily to me. It makes me closer with people. Um, and, and it sounds like you're ready, right? Like you had to go yeah. through some of, of life a little bit and acquire experiences to get to a point where you're like, no, I'm, I'm ready to share more about me. And it takes time to get there. And, you yeah. know, in, in the beginning there's hesitancy, there's judgment, there's, there's challenges in, in kind of revealing why you are the way you are and what you've gone through in your story. And I, it has been really cool to see some of the customizations you've done with brands. Would you mind sharing a little bit around the Danielle Brandon shoe that you've kind of done with Rad and oh. the meaning a little bit with that? I think there's a symbol on the bottom of the shoe, right? Oh, yeah. That's my actually like my brand logo. That's like the DBE logo. Oh, very um, cool. Yeah, which is cool. Their um, team, Fluoro, actually came up with it. Um, you know, we just wanted to come up with this flower that wasn't necessarily to like um, these like perfect standards, right? Like it, it looks very much like a child drew it, right? Mm -hmm. Like we wanted it to be like the super authentic um, kind of, uh, you know, creative symbol. Um which is cool because, you know, I think everybody can kind of relate to that, right? It's not like the standard of perfect. Um, mm -hmm. It's a little edgy, so, which I like. It comes with a little character yeah. and a little attitude. Exactly. Um, which is really cool. And I think, you know, it is something that also like blends really well. You know, it's not um, this like standout, like, you know, like Hollister, like how they yeah. like, you know, you see these brands that have like this big blasted thing. Um, so it was cool to, you know, kind of do something that can just kind of effortlessly be everywhere um, mm -hmm. and on anything, um, which is really cool. Um, and then coming up with my shoe, you know, we wanted to obviously do something that stood out a little bit more was a little different, um, which is which is exactly what we did with like this yellow shoe with a little bit of pink, um, uh, which has just been fun. And, you know, it's cool that I get to even, you know, reflect um, and make these things that reflect me 
in like clothes and as something as simple as like a shoe. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's cool. I get to work with some really cool companies that allow me to express myself in like amazing ways that, you know, everybody wants, like everybody wants a new pair of shoes. All these CrossFitters want shoes. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, it's so cool to see people wearing them and be like, dang, like they wanted my shoe and you know, like, I don't know. It's a, it's really fun. That is cool. It's also cool to see you just kind of spreading your wings a little bit in the sense of design, being able to kind of understand the process of making a shoe, understand how to communicate efficiently and clearly what's going on in your, in your mind. Cause sometimes you might say something, but you're thinking of it a little bit differently. So being able to right. convey around specific creativity, you know, creating a logo that is something that's not so clean cut like a Hollister, but can kind of blend really well where people aren't walking around like a walking billboard, but it kind of synergistically fits within, you know, other things that they might be wearing. It allows for for tremendous versatility, which I think is a a huge part of this athleisure culture that we're kind of in where, you know, nobody wants like the huge thing on the chest anymore and the bright colors like it once was. They kind of want a little bit more subtle earth tones, which is cool. And correct me if I'm wrong, did you also just come out with a, a Daniel Brandon shirt with red? Was it like a uh, dragon yeah. type thing? I thought it was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, it was um, – it's funny. You know, it was just like a fun thing we did. I think I was in Switzerland and I was talking to Dom and we were like, you know, what if we just come up with like this crazy T-shirt? And he was like, what if you just put like a dragon on it? Like just like super crazy. We were like, yeah, like, you know, that'd be cool if we did. And then I, I think I like texted Benji and I'm like, yo, like Daniel Brandon shirt. Like we put me riding a dragon, like blah, blah, blah. And they were like, all right, like give me more. Like what colors? Like what are you thinking? Realistic, mm-hmm. non-realistic, you know, it really is just like this um, super raw thing that just like happens um and then he surprised me with that at semifinals and he like Mm. I opened it and he like made it like it's just that like it's it's super cool like if I'm if I have like any idea like they're willing to like give it a chance and be like you know like maybe we can do something with this um and they did and it's super awesome like it's cool that you can take ideas in your head and kind of throw them at a wall and know that there yeah. is going to be serious like consideration and you can kind yeah. of brain dump things and then let some of the assistance of your team of creators to innovate and put something together and then have it come to life. It, yeah. I think that's a really cool process where it's like, hey, this was, was living in my head. We talked about <laughs> it. It was kind of like fun thought ideation, but now it's actually real. Yeah, it was so cool. And uh, on the shirt too, like cash. Cash is like sitting on the dragon with me. Um, it was just so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. What's, uh, what, what, what's to come next for you? What's the off season kind of looking like and you know, what's going to be your focus as you kind of transition and get ready for next year? Yeah. So I don't know if I'm like even allowed to say this. I think I am, but I think our camp is actually going to be moving. Oh, well. Um, yeah, we're going to stay in Florida, but I think we're just going to kind of move out of the Naples area. Um, I think it'll lead to just more opportunities for the camp itself. Um, Naples is kind of like this bougier. It's like it's a pretty expensive place to live. You know, there's a lot of um, kids 
teens within the brute camp that I just think it's like, you know, easier to live somewhere a little, I don't know, you know, a little more inclusive. Um, yeah. so it's a, it's a natural maturation as more people yeah. want to be a part of the camp. It just needs to be exactly. more cost effective and affordable. Exactly. And, and honestly, probably a bigger space. The five of you guys are sharing what seems to be a pretty small space. So yeah. it sounds like just the natural evolution is like, Hey, let's exactly. upgrade a little bit. Exactly. So some upgrades with the brute camp. Um, so we'll probably, you know, be moving, I have, um, I think I'm going to be doing like a team competition in December in London. I wish I could tell you the name of the competition, but I don't, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but it's in London. It's a team. Um, I think I'm looking to do it with Dallin. And then I think, um, we're still kind of trying to solidify the other male and female on the team. Um, I haven't quite decided if I want to do rogue yet. Um, I, get to go to London again, actually, in like two weeks um, for a route event, which is going to be really cool. And then potentially going to Hawaii for that um, Hawaiian trail run. Um, So a couple different things, you know, maybe some competitions, um, hanging out, kind of trying to move. Sounds like a a lot of travel, (laughs) a lot of learning, a lot of exploration. And uh, before we move forward, quick little um, pause and, you know, sending of love and appreciation and gratitude and empathy towards the people over in Hawaii, there in Lahaina and, and in Maui that have been battling the fires with very little resources. And I know a lot of people have passed away and, you know, I don't, I don't want to gloss over that by any means. Um, you know, sending our prayers and our love out to those guys, um, very challenging set of circumstances. And, you know, it's really easy to just kind of move that out of our headspace, but definitely at least from some of the knowledge that uh, I've acquired from other people and seeing some of the different reports, it's a very challenging set of circumstances over there. So just want to make sure we're, we're sending love over to those guys as they navigate a really challenging season of adversity. Oh yeah. It's unreal. I, I can't imagine. And it is really sad. And I, I hope the people that are there are, you know, able to, get out of that situation. I mean, I don't even, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been challenging. I've seen some of the posts from people that live over there and I think it's slowly inching in the right direction, but definitely a, uh, very challenging, challenging set of circumstances for sure. Um, as we kind of conclude things today, what are your thoughts on, on the future of CrossFit? I feel like this year it definitely started to like build up and get amplified a little bit and it was cool to see so many different media people like you know the the buttery bros are always doing cool stuff we saw savan getting involved quite a bit again espn is back in the mix yeah what are your thoughts on kind of the future of of the sport and as it's kind of ramping up i feel like that little noise is getting a little bit louder yeah i feel like (laughs) um you know, actually, I, I was really lucky. One of the they had that documentary crew there, um, and they actually followed me. I was one of the athletes that they chose to follow, um, which was cool. Also, a little a little rough going um, through the weekend that I did have, um, but lucky that I got to meet those people, be a part of that. Um, they're amazing. They actually are some of the people that did like the Nolan Ryan documentary, and the uh, so I mean like 
really smart people, you know, really good at what they do. So I'm really excited to see that. I think that'll, they said they were trying to get it out within the next couple of months. So quicker than, quicker than usual. Um, you know, I think it is really cool and good for the sport. Um, it makes me, you know, like when I think about it, I'm like, dang, like I'm really in this like building and like, um, this building phase of CrossFit, right? Like, you know, realistically, by the time I'm done, um, you know, probably a lot more opportunities for this younger generation will be coming. So it's cool that I even get to be a part of this, um, phase of CrossFit. Um, I wish it would move a little quicker. So I got to be a part of that. Um, but, uh, it's really cool. You know, I, I really hope that, soon there will be so many more opportunities for CrossFitters to make a better living out of this, you know, for those generations to come. Um, you know, we are still in this like huge learning and growing phase of it. Um, but you know, I, at least these are shifts in the right direction. You know, it's hard to know because there are, there's so much that goes on beyond behind the scenes that we don't really know about. Um, but you know, these are from outside looking in, like these are good, good opportunities and signs that it's going in the right direction. Um, yeah, you're definitely paving the way a little bit. You're, you're a little yeah. bit of a trailblazer and part of the kind of the, the yeah. grassroots generation. Like I think the first generation was probably like the, the Becca Voigt, Chris Clever, Chris Spieler, Rich Froning, Jason Kalipa. Then it kind of trickled into like the Matt Frazier. And now it's kind of in this generation with like you and Justin Medeiros. And I mean, it's also really cool, you know, looking back on Tia's career. Uh, it was cool to see her running around with her new baby. Oh, and yeah. it, it, it's really interesting to see the natural evolution of people within yeah. the CrossFit space. And I, I don't think we can we can wrap things up until we touch on the, the new champions that were crowned this year. Oh, what are yeah. your thoughts on that and things kind of moving away from, you know, what, what we've become kind of accustomed to? We've got Laura Horvath winning on the, on the women's side, a fellow rad athlete with you. Yeah. And then Jeffrey Adler stepping up yeah. and kind of doing his thing. Yeah, I mean, the it was such a it really was kind of like a strange year. Um, you know, I I think a lot of people probably did sleep on Adler, but you know, it was like weird to see him on the podium to me, and I think like a lot of people because we were used to Justin, and you know, I think we always like you know real it like talking, you know, um, being honest, like I think Justin was beatable, so mm-hmm. it was like you know, it's just a matter of like, who's going to beat him. Um, and then and everybody was Laura, thinking Roman and it's like, man, that yeah. poor foot injury, but it made for like a really cool experience. And for him to yeah. have so much adversity, I mean, single leg double unders was really tough on him, but man, it was inspiring to watch. Yeah, it was really cool to watch. And it like watching, it, I was just like, would I do that? Like, would I, would I finish the weekend like that? Like, I don't know. Like, is, I just couldn't believe he did that, which is crazy. It's cool to see how much he just like loves doing CrossFit. And like, still he kept his spot on the podium. I didn't even know when they said third place Roman. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, yep. And then he hobbled but, out there and the very next day saw that. I saw that picture on his social on his, of his foot. And I was like, oh man, that can't so feel bad. good. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. Um, but to see Laura 
like to me it was no surprise i mean like i have so much respect for laura like she's just a savage athlete you know like she's she's unreal like she is a good athlete um but do i think she's unbeatable no i don't think so um so yeah it was unreal to see those winners but it's also crazy just how much like (laughs) the world moves on right like Tia and Matt, it felt like they would be here forever. And it felt like, you know, we would forever only hear about them. But like, we're now here. And like, I haven't thought about like, nobody's thinking of Tia and Matt. They're just like, oh, Adler and Laura, like, those are the winners. Like, all right, next year, like, it just Mm -hmm. keeps moving on. And it shows like this sport is just like, still growing so much. Um, You know, and we have, like, this new generation still of young athletes who, like, soon, like, we're all going to be gone and it's going to be them and this, like, new generation. Like, I'm 27 and I'm old. Like, I'm (laughs) older now. When, like, just, what, two years ago, I was young. Like, I was the youngest one. Like, it's it's crazy. So. No, you're totally right. The the world keeps moving. And yeah. it, it is cool to pause and self-reflect on history, but it's also awesome that you're thinking in terms of like, how do we leave the sport better than when we found it and trying to elicit opportunities for the up and coming generation. And Danielle, it's been awesome connecting with you today and hearing all the different stories and relationships and adventures that you've gone on in your career since we last spoke, seeing your maturity, the, the level of peace uh, the clarity at which you communicate. It, it, it's been really awesome to see your, your development and your evolution. And I'm really excited to see it continue and for you to keep sharing these stories and us for to be, to be able to really connect and share more than just the Instagram highlight reel, but more about like the authentic you. So thanks for spending some time with me today. Thanks for giving me a place to talk about it. Like, yeah. This is awesome. It feels, it feels good to be able to talk about these things. You know, it only um, makes me even that much more to kind of reflect on these things, which is cool to be able to do that on a podcast. Totally. You know, we'll look forward to chatting again. Heal, have some fun on, on your travels and your adventures, build some cool memories. And I look forward to next time. Excellent. Me too. Thank you. For those of you watching on YouTube or listening on Apple or Spotify, if you enjoyed my conversation with the needle mover. DBE, Miss Danielle Brandon. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. And as always, stay on the hunt for who you've not yet become. Till next time, guys. We are beyond excited to be working with Wizard Sciences for total brain and body optimization. This partnership came through personal experience with the benefits of their incredible product line and a deep human connection with their founder and former guest, Ion Mitchell. I also love the Neural RX which I take before every podcast. Some of the benefits I experience when taking the neural are enhanced memory and focus, supercharged learning and knowledge absorption, along with enhanced creativity and innovation. Break free from mental blocks, tap into your imagination, and watch your creativity soar to new heights. Give Wizard Sciences a try and become as close to limitless as you can get. Use code Invictus Mindset for 15% off your order. Once again, that's Invictus Mindset for 15% off your order. Are you over 35 and in need of a solid training program? 
Are you looking to improve your athleticism and keep up with the younger athletes in your CrossFit gym? Then look no further than our Invictus Masters program. This program places year-round emphasis on mobility and stability exercises with movements that we have seen directly benefit our Masters athletes. Our program is led by Nicole DeHart and offers a training program designed specifically for Masters athletes who are looking to compete at a higher level in the sport of CrossFit. Some of our top Masters athletes in the world train with us, including CrossFit Games champion Kevin Kester, Matt Beals, and Pat Sprague. You can learn more about their stories and the Invictus Masters program by checking out their episodes right here on the Invictus Mindset Podcast. If you'd like more information about the current training cycle or to join the Invictus Masters program, please email Nicole at InvictusAthlete.com. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-E at InvictusAthlete.com. Dot com.